Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to the fourth episode of Real Talk. Um, this episode is entitled The Battle of the Sexes and it is discussing the different gender roles within the church. I am a little under the weather this week, so you will have to forgive me. Um, I don't think my voice and enthusiasm will be up to par, but it is well we will get through it. What are gender roles and are there gender roles within the church? Let's talk about it. I refuse to believe that this is my fate as a woman. This cannot be it. I was not born to be a trophy wife. I'm talking about growth. It's a measure of me versus me yesterday versus me two days ago. Not a measure of me versus you. We're trying to raise women that understand that they can be classy, they can be beautiful, they can be petty, they can be smart, they can be knowledgeable, they can be independent. We are a new generation of women. We are not conformed or confined by everything that society has placed out for us. We're breaking out of the mold and creating something new for ourselves. We are Sassy and Safe Baby. So as usual, I received some comments and opinions about gender roles. A few people submitted some topics that they think um, were adequate in relation to discussing gender roles within the church. And I did a poll on my Instagram as well as Twitter. And by a landslide, people agreed that the gender roles in the church are most seen within serving in ministry and within the call. People thought that when serving in ministry, certain positions are reserved for simply men. For example, men are generally ushers, deacons, pastors, and personal assistants. Bands are usually made of all men, whereas women are generally in hospitality, children's ministry, choir, or care team. People also thought that the call to ministry was reserved for mainly men. Women are generally the pastor's wife, but never the pastor. Some people also said women's ministries don't really exist with women pastors. There's a lack of fellowship and unity amongst women within a church setting. In all honesty, I feel like a lot of people believe that women do not have a place within the church. I know that there are certain church denominations that um, believe and adhere to that myth let me say and they do not allow women to climb or rise in positions in church because they believe that they're reserved for men i'm not here to throw shots at any denominations we are the body of christ all i'm here to say is it is a myth that women do not play a role in ministry or in the church and i'm here to debunk that obviously with scripture i cannot make a claim unless it's biblical so i'll ask you have to turn with me to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1. That is the early church, the first church. And if you hear some flipping, it's my Bible. I don't do the electronic stuff. I like pages. If we're going to talk about the modern day church, we have to talk about the early church. Now, whilst everything from the early church doesn't translate into the modern day church there are certain foundations and fundamentals that can be used to sort of inference and see what god intended for his church or christ intended for his church so if you turn to the book of acts chapter one 
I'm going to be reading from verse 14 just to give you some context. At this time, Jesus had ascended into heaven and he had asked the Holy Spirit to, he had asked, sorry, he had ascended into heaven and he had asked the disciples, the apostles and all the believers to go to Jerusalem or actually I believe to stay in Jerusalem and wait for the gift that God had promised, which is the Holy Spirit. He was telling them that they needed to receive power. So when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they received power. So um, if you know the, the story, like he resurrected and he, he uh, spent 40 days with him, with them, and then he ascended into heaven. So after that, yeah, that's when he had asked them to wait on the Holy Spirit. And um, they all went to the upper room to obviously do just that. So the Bible says they returned to Jerusalem from the hill called Mount of Olives. And when they arrived, they went into the upper room. Those that were present were Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, Simon, Judas, son of James, not the trifling one. Then um, verse 14, which we're going to be focusing on, says they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So, um, like I said... Jesus had instructed the believers to go and wait. They, these were the people that were forming the early church or the first church. And amongst them were women, which shows that women did not, not, did not, not, did, okay, women did not, not have a place within the early church. Because if Christ would instruct a group, including women, to go and wait on the Holy Spirit to receive power to be witnesses, obviously they have a place within ministry. If that does not convince you um turn to luke chapter 2 verse 36 luke is one of the accounts of the gospel i believe it's the first one with written if i'm not mistaken the way you see it in the bible is not chronological i think it's luke that was written first but i will say luke and matthew are the only accounts that talk about the birth and the early life of Jesus. The other ones simply talk about him in his old age and in his ministry. So if you look at Luke, talks about when he was brought to the temple. He was presented in the temple by his parents and he comes across a man named Simeon who speaks and decrees and declares some blessings upon him. But as he was there in verse 36, which we will be reading, the Bible says there was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. For me, that's significant because my sis was a prophet. Come on, prophet Anna. She was in the temple all day and night. She never left. Just praising the Lord and fasting. And if you look into um, history and how church was back in those days, 
you know that people that stayed within the temple were in high positions the high priest and people like that were people that were that would mainly stay into the temple so if my sis is in the temple i'm just gonna believe that she had a high position up there not to mention she was a prophetess owning her own yes she was a widow but but my sis was a prophetess so it's not like women did not have a place in the church and i know a lot of it comes from um the early 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 um old testament time um, if you've studied at all the tabernacle, I did a course at my church and um, there were sections in which women and there were sections of the temple which in which only certain people can go. And the outermost section was for um, women and children. But as time evolved, women began to take more of a prominent role, which is what we see in Luke doing at the the infancy of Jesus, um, Anna is in the in the temple, holding big big positions, staying there, fasting and praying day and night, and then now it has evolved even more. And obviously, we see women in higher positions. However, a lot of people think that the gender roles still exist. I will agree that gender roles do sort of exist within the church, but I don't think it's anything that is biblical or Christ intended. I think it is man made and created. Um, T. Jakes once said that if Jesus was alive today he wouldn't recognize his church because we have put in place so many rules and positions that didn't exist in his time and it's really funny because all these roles that we're talking about ushers deacon pastors hospitality children's ministry they're there to help what the church is now and where the church is now but in those times they didn't have those things if you look at the early church in acts you see that um even though peter did sort of emerge the pastor of that time he wasn't necessarily named the pastor by christ or anyone he just sort of emerged the pastor and nobody fought against him Ooh, that's a word nobody fought against him can we say that again because you know some people like to fight for a position in church these days but you know what no shade no shade <laughs> nobody fought against him they just let him lead anyways um yeah so he emerged the pastor and there were not really other positions now today we have all these positions to help the modern day church and there's nothing wrong with that to have new positions or to bring new positions in um, I think the biggest issue with gender roles and the greatest disservice is that a lot of times people try to fit within the gender roles so much so that they fail to bless the church with their gifts. And um, if you know anything about gifts and talents, and if you don't, I'll just give you a brief summary. Um, a gift is from God. It's something that comes to you naturally, effortlessly effortlessly you don't really work hard to showcase or to walk in your gift it's your gifting god has given you the tools and god has given you the tools and deposits to do a certain thing it's your gift it comes naturally to you you can definitely stir up the gift and improve in the gift because there's nothing wrong with growing and learning but it's something that you don't really work hard to do on the contrary there's your talents your talents are something that you sort of work to perfect Maybe you might have an interest in something or your parents put you in sports or something when you were little. Something that they saw that you had potential in to work and grow in and you worked and worked and worked and you became talented in it. For example, I know some people might feel offended but I'll say it anyways. When I, growing up my father used to watch boxing a lot and we had one TV so if he was watching boxing we were all watching boxing. So I kind of know a little bit about boxing and um 
I remember when Mayweather and Pacquiao were gonna fight, everyone thought Pacquiao was gonna win because he's Christian and like that's the over spiritualizing that we be talking about. Okay, he's Christian, so what? <laughs> it has nothing to do with his talent. Yeah, God can do everything, but stop, just stop, please. <laughs> so I was telling people obviously that Mayweather is gonna win because the guy is a gifted boxer. If you read into his history, the guy has been boxing from day and it wasn't even something that he decided he was gonna do. It just sort of it just sort of came to be. It wasn't like he was seeking to be a boxer or anything. It just sort of came to be. I think he was um, a trouble, I guess, sort of kid, and he fought a lot, and it just came to be. He was naturally good at, he was naturally good at fighting, so people suggested boxing, and that's how it was, and from the time he started, he's just been good. It's a gift, whereas Pacquiao, he took interest in boxing, and worked and practiced, and became a talented boxer. Obviously, he, no one is debunking, or no one is arguing that Pacquiao is a talented boxer, but at the end of the day, your talent cannot outweigh someone's gift. One, it's a gift. It's from God. And God is perfect in everything he does. So obviously, when you have a gift, you have to give. So for me, that is the biggest issue with gender roles within the church. If somebody is gifted in a certain area, they are starving the church of that revelation or that servitude simply because they don't fit within the role or the scheme of how things are perceived to have to go. With that being said, I've wanted to play drums all my life and people constantly tell me that drums are for men, which is right there a gender role. Who says that drums are for men? What if I'm the best drummer y'all will ever see? I'm not because I took drumming lessons and it didn't work out too well. But what if I was the best drummer y'all will ever see? People would have, this church would have been starved or the kingdom would have been starved by that because of these gender roles. And in so much as it may not be important, because it's drumming or whatever it is you never know what god has put into you and what it's to be used for there's many people that come to church just for worship or just for praise and worship because they receive breakthrough revelation encounter god in praise and worship they don't hear nothing the preacher says the preacher don't even make sense but the praise and worship it does everything for them so if i'm the best drummer in the world and i'm sitting in the pews and people are there waiting to be ministered through praise and worship and my drumming will bring them closer to christ and i don't do it because i'm a girl have i not starved christ of a soul the thing is about souls so when you think souls these things start to irritate you gender roles and everything that is contrary to souls start to irritate you a lot of times these things are created because we allow our own desires our own will the structure and scheme that we see in society to trickle into the church but at ultimately anybody that is in the church and identifies themselves as a disciple of christ should be moving and walking like the early church the disciples of those times and everyone who is in that mindset should understand that ultimately the reason why we're here the only reason why we do this thing is for souls so when gender roles get in the way of souls it's a problem so what advice or what takeaway can I give you? Ladies and gentlemen, if you are in a church and you know you have a gifting in a certain area, please, please, please go dominate that area. Go and serve in Christ's church and draw in the souls. If you play an instrument or you think you can play an instrument, go and join the band. It's not just for men. If you, as a man, if you're hospitable, good with children, like to sing or take care of people, go and join the hospitality, children's ministry, choir team or care team. No one says it's just for women. You may be the best caregiver in the whole place. You might have 
an amazing knack for children. Me, I can't stand children. The only children I'll probably be able to stand is my own. If you bring a child near me, they know that I don't like them and I know that they don't like me. So we both know that we don't like each other and we don't even pretend. Me and kids just don't go along. So I would never be in the children's ministry and I'm a woman, but there may be a man with the softest, kindest heart who gets along with children so well. So should I just force myself into the children's ministry because I'm a woman and force him into something else just because he's a man it's nonsense please 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 people don't do it identify your gifts identify your talents and dominate within those spheres don't push yourself into a different area of ministry just because of a role that has been set aside now this is needless to say there's nothing wrong with exploring other areas of ministry but understand recognize and walk in your gifts and talents a lot of people don't even enjoy the church experience because they try to force themselves in areas that don't really belong to them understand your gifts and your talents and work and walk in those your gift and talent will make room for you don't force yourself into a place where your gifts can make room for you that's the word <laughs> that's the word don't force yourself into a area when don't force what i say don't force yourself to fit into an area when your gift has a special room made for you don't don't do it don't do it don't force yourself to fit into an area when your gift has a special room made for you as and and women i encourage you also ushers deacons pastors whatever it is rise up and do what you need to do go and walk in the gift or the talent that God has given you and do not let any role push you or oppress you down. In addition, people had a lot to say about the call. Like I said, women are the pastor's wife and never the pastor. That is false, actually. I've been to churches that, the church that I went to um, formerly, to the one that I go now, even the one that I do go now, actually, scratch that, both churches that I've been to in my life, they, um, have branches they have multiple branches and um one of the branches that i went to was windsor because i started my undergrad in windsor which y'all know from the last episode um and in windsor the church was ran by a female pastor she had the church the female she preached all the time it was the church like she was she had the call she was married her husband was there he was there all the time every week but she was the pastor of the church and it was cool that was the first time i had ever seen that i won't lie but it happens and even in my church now it still happens there's a lot of churches or branches that are run by females only i think what needs to be identified and distinguished is who has the call within the marriage um we are all people of god we understand things about purpose and the call and if we are not people of god and we don't understand don't worry i got you episode five six and seven will be on purpose and we hope to break through and teach people about what purpose is. But I think the thing that needs to be distinguished first is the call. Those who understand these things know that everything we do is for purpose. We all and every individual has a God-given purpose given to them by God to fulfill while on earth. Part of that purpose is tied to service. You know your purpose is purpose when it's linked to service. Especially as a child of God, your purpose is tied to not only service but souls. That's just a quick synopsis, but of course we'll get into it in the next series, God's Plan. Um, Yeah, so within a marriage, for those that are called to marriage, one person has the call. That is not to say that both people are not called. I know it gets very confusing when you get into the things of God, but just bear with me. Both people may be called to do the work of God, but one of them has the call for the marriage. We know that in marriage, man is a man is usually the headship. That does not 
necessarily mean that he has the call. Within a marriage, the woman may also have the call. So like I said, there are ministries where women are head. Women do head the ministry side. Does that mean that she is now the leader of the marriage? No, the man is still the headship. She is still called to submit to him in marriage, but she has the call ministry within the marriage if you know who has the call it won't be a problem so there are women who are pastors and not just pastors wives what or where the misconception or where the anger usually comes from for women is that they feel that they are called and they do not want their calling to be hidden in the shadows of a man that's perfectly fine I had to deal with that as well because I said listen as in on all humility as humble as humble can be the facts are the facts i am called anointing i have it so i'm not gonna let the thing go down because i'm married to a man what the heck but i had to come to understand that you have to understand who has the call and god may send you someone with a call or the call higher to do more or whatever than you if it's about souls it shouldn't matter when that begins to irritate you you know that pride is entering and that's what i'm saying that i had to go through as well that's how i was able to see that whoa Teresa pride is entering like don't feel too nice you can teach the word so what are you the only one <laughs> you can do this or do that so what are you the only one you're not the only one that's how i knew pride was entering and i had to have christ break me right back down if it's about souls why does it matter who has the call as long as you guys are helping or saving souls it shouldn't matter right check your heart heart check <laughs> within the marriage somebody has the call if it's you as the woman well bless god but i don't even think really bless god because it's very you need to really be on guard because you might start feeling yourself and disrespect your man especially failing to submit and all that kind of stuff and understand that he is still the headship even though you have the call there's a lot of problems that come with that so maybe not bless god me i will hope and pray that my man has the call because i don't do stages you will never okay i won't say you will never see me on stage because you don't know what god will do but it's gonna be very hard i have stage fright like no other so it's not likely that you will ever see me on stage preaching but like i said you don't know what god will do so let's wait and see if you have the call as a woman and you want that then bless god but understand who has the call a church has one pastor okay if you look at the early church they all walked with jesus they were all his disciples but peter emerged like that's what i was saying peter emerged as the pastor and nobody contested against him stop fighting over position in church it's not cute it's about soul stop it stop it anyways Peter emerged as the pastor. One pastor. Every church has one pastor. When God is going to do something, he chooses a vessel, an individual to do it with. He attaches people to or destiny helpers to that individual. We'll talk about it more in purpose. To help fulfill, manifest the vision or the instruction that he gave him. Everything that happened on earth, every church that happened, that is existing now was birthed, hopefully, through a vision that God or instruction that God gave a man. He sent people to the man as leaders, pastors, assistant pastors, PAs, ushers, deacon to help fulfill the vision so that souls will be saved. It's the same within a marriage. One headship, one leader, but also one person has the call. You may both be called, but one person has the call for the marriage. The person with the call isn't necessarily the headship. Those are your take homes. But women, 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 please understand that a church has one pastor. There is not a pastor and an assistant. Okay, there is an assistant pastor, but there's no co-pastoring. 
you just because you're called and your husband is called doesn't mean you guys will co-pastor a church no the church has a pastor not pastors or anything not to i don't want you guys to get confused with assistant pastors and associate pastors and those those things exist but a church has one pastor one shepherd there's no shepherds one shepherd is the person's the person who leads the church their partner their wife or husband is their helpmate in the marriage if that makes sense so if a woman has the call in the marriage she is the pastor her man sits beside her or stands beside her helps her fulfill the vision for the call but he is still the headship of the marriage don't get don't get it twisted if it's too confusing for you get a mentor that can explain it to you because that's all i'm saying that's all you get <laughs> so that's it but um like i said the most important thing to understand especially for women that carry a high calling that that walk in a high calling and know they're destined for higher for exploits and higher things is to understand that a church has one pastor and if that's you then that's you glory to god but if that's not you you need to be able to understand and know that your calling is not diminished it's not it's not um, submerged in it's not brought down because you don't necessarily have the call for marriage that God and his perfect wisdom will make sure that your talents and your gifts are shown through and that your call is still fulfilled through the marriage even though you don't necessarily have the call but if you um, are not married then it's something you of course need to think about I hate when people say don't think about it if you're not married are you crazy that's the most important step after salvation marriage you're with that person for your whole life if you mess up once you have to go through divorce and stuff and we don't even believe in all of that but if you mess up it will take you back many years marriage is important anyone that tells you not to think about that is lying think about it and i know that they used to think about it too so don't try me <laughs> don't try me do not try me at this age especially my age i'm 23 years old that thing is on my mind every single day i will not lie to you i think about marriage every single day the other, and the other parts of the day i think about everything else that i need to do be a boss and own my stuff but marriage is an important thing to think about if you're going to do something and do it right you think about it and you plan it out especially if you're analytical of course you let god step in and do what he needs to do you don't chase no man and you don't try to push nothing but you think about it think about how you can be a good wife think about how you can be the best wife think about how you can be the best mother think about how you can improve yourself think about how problems won't arise you think about it don't let no one tell you not to think about it think about it sis think about it end quote <laughs> but yeah that is um for me the most important thing that i will think that um that needs to be remembered a church has one pastor and who has the call in marriage when it comes to women's ministries not existing with them with women pastors um i think more and more people are creating their own women's ministries there's people on instagram such as um Heather Lindsay and um, there's evangelist Tif Tiffany Morier. Um, who else? There's a few. I'm drawing a blank right now. Oh, there's Ephia Alexis. I listen to her podcast. She's from London. Um, I'm drawing a blank right now, but there's there's a couple that I follow. Let me see if I can think. I want to give y'all some names. Who else is there? Um, Susan Debras. She's good as well. Paris Leslie, probably my favorite Kingdom Faith Tabernacle in the States. I hope to visit one day. She's just like me, very radical. And and she posts Insta sermons, which I know people find that annoying, but we ain't stopping. So unfollow me. Um, who else? But yeah, there's obviously Sarah Jakes, which is the mother of these things and my own sister 
um, there's Dr. Kanayo. Yeah, there's quite a few that have birthed women's ministries. But I think um, what um, was trying to be translated, just based on some of the reviews that I got or the questions that I got, or comments more to say that I got, is that um, within a church setting, women's ministries don't really exist. And with those things, it's kind of hard because you have to understand that um, even so a lot of people are called to women there's only there's so much that there's so much that can be done because as much as we want to believe that everybody in church has a good spirit and everybody in church is qualified to teach the word or to walk in their gifts some people can cause more harm than good some people can cause more damage than good so i think it's very important especially for the shepherd the pastor the one pastor to be alert and to be aware and to really be in communion with god to discern who to bring in because you have to understand as a pastor you are in charge of the flock and the you are in charge of the flock so you will be accountable to god for the flock that's why there's so many things that happen in the spiritual people are ignorant of when you're leaving a church you have to do it in the right way make sure that you tell your pastor i'm leaving the church for this and this reason it's not a cult they shouldn't try to hold your hand and make you stay but they should be able to give you their blessing and release you properly because if you just leave the covering of someone they're your flock so there's accountability to god they're accountable for your spirit for all the time that they're submitted to you so if you're leaving their submission at least let them know dang like damn like can you let them know why you got to do that y'all treat our pastors too bad let them know <laughs> anyways but um yeah so there's accountability portion on the pastor to take care of the flock each and every member that is submitted to them under their flock under their under their um headship or under their shepherdship i don't know what the word is i'm sick allow me allow me please (laughs) um is 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 accountable to them with that being said they need to make sure that everything that is presented to the flock is something that will actually help and not hinder their walk if they let someone mount the pulpit who's talking breeze and trash and it affects the flock mentally or spiritually they will be accountable for that so you can't just let anyone come in and talk to your flock you can't just let anyone rise up and talk they're supposed to edify the church so it's only when you recognize it that you're able to use it to edify but whatever um for myself i've always felt a call and a burden to ministry and i've always wanted to do something for women um and the church i was previously i actually had okay that's why i i sort of have leadership position the church i am now too but um um, in the, the church I was previously, I was more involved in the youth section, like the young adults, the campus stuff at that time. So I felt like I had more impact, influence, and connections with um, young women. So that was where I really got the training and the, was able the, develop, the training and the development. And I was able to really work with young millennial women and impact and influence in, in that area. Now I don't really do as much um now but as well it's all part of god's plan um i'm saying all this to say that um uh so now my rules have sort of changed within um the two churches that i I went to but um there i did speak to women a lot more um physically um i did more speaking things yes they actually got me on stage but it was a smaller group so it was not as difficult I know it sometimes reflects bad on the church and on the pastor, but it's not um, necessarily the pastor's fault. If the if God is if the pastor is walking 
um, by spirit and is being led by God in everything that they're doing, then you need to understand that everything, every decision that I make is from God. So until they have instruction from God to let someone mount their pulpit, or to let someone come and teach their woman or gather their woman, they're unable to do it. Also, just in practicality, spirituality aside, women are catty. You know how we are. We are catty people. I don't know why we're like this, but we are catty individuals, especially modern day women, especially when you add our gifts and our talents and our anointing and our oil all into that. We start feeling ourselves because no matter what, no matter how humble we try to be, we are human. And when we're doing something right and doing something well, pride will enter. And it's something that obviously we have to constantly work on to minimize and to break down but it's not uncommon that it will enter women are catty and when women come together feelings get hurt so it is very important and i think it's wisdom on a pastor's part to make sure that when women's ministries and women's events and women's things are being led it's led by a woman who is distinguished from the rest of the bunch the woman that is distinguished and it's basically a get on my level type of thing if we're gonna put it in common day terms and people get offended by this stuff but at the end of the day there's someone that is greater than you there's someone that is wiser than you there's someone that is more anointed than you don't get in your feelings just use them as a point of reference for your next level people are too sensitive but i think yeah it's wisdom on the pastor's part to make the person that is coming in is not necessarily on the same level as the rest of the flock someone that is wiser someone that is you know able to influence and positively influence the flock so um for that that's basically what it is um it's black and white as much as we might want to say no, 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 but da da da, it's black and white. At the end of the day, it's about having. I, I think it's about two things. Why these things don't exist? One, obviously, the the woman needs to be at a higher quote unquote level than the rest of the woman to lead that sort of ministry because women require a lot already. Men require a lot as well, of course, but women require a lot. You need to understand how to balance being a everyday Christian just following the morals of the Bible while also being a woman which is fighting your way through this world because obviously we're seen as lesser while obviously one day being a helpmate being able to support birth and fulfill a vision but while also being submissive in a marriage because submission is the role of a wife um yeah so being submissive to a man and understanding and allowing a man to head your marriage and walk in his headship and trust in his headship while also one day being a mother like we have so many hats that we eventually wear so it's very important from the beginning of our walks even in our singleness to allow God to mold us into that and you need mentorship and you need guidance and you need of course programs and um, people that will come and speak life into you and teach you from and you need lessons from people that have done it before these things are all very important but you until someone arises someone emerges or god sends someone that could actually carry the load of what that is and not be catty and be able to spread across wisdom and be able to do all those things in the proper spheres it's really hard for it to happen that's why i think there are not a lot of women things in the church and when women things do come in church it's usually from the pastor's wife with that being said if the pastor is not married how is it going to happen like he can't just bring any woman from anywhere and be like oh she's the woman's ministry leader and then when he gets married well, then what he's just say okay bye thanks for your 
um, services. Like, who does that? No. God will instruct. Um, God obviously will instruct. Unless God, of course, instructs him to do that, then God instructs him to do that. But if God has not instructed him to do that, then obviously he needs to wait until he is married before that can happen. Like, or the person that he will bring in will either be one of the flock, so will be disrespected, will either be on everyone's level, so won't even be pouring out the pouring out what needs to be poured out or rumors will start because that's what people do these days so yeah it's all about using wisdom now that is not to say that women's fellowship should not be encouraged because like i said women we end up wearing so many hats and women and and uh, one of the things that was said is the lack of unity of one the lack of fellowship and unity amongst women as a woman if you feel that rise up who's to say that you can't just because there's not a formal structure of fellowship or a formal structure of ministry or for some reason you don't want to plug into your church's structure of women's ministry or if there's not millennial ministry there and it's all the mamas and the papas and you don't want to mingle into that even though you actually should be mingling with the mamas because they're the ones that are going to give you the juice and the knowledge that you need for your next level but whatever if you don't want to mingle with them rise up and do something mingle with other women women we tend to stay within our bubble and we are comfortable with our friends who's to say you can't just go up to a random girl and be like hey girl compliment them start a conversation do whatever you need to do have an event gather some people at your house make some bootleg cocktails no alcohol and and have an event talk and edify each other obviously it will be on the friendship level and not the mentor mentee level but i'm sure um if god is in the midst of it (laughs) that somebody will learn something just from even experiences iron sharpens iron so even though mentors and mentees are important you also need friends friends will sharpen you as well sometimes god will use your friends to not sometimes god always uses people to sharpen you iron sharpens iron which means that you are sharpened through relation with other people rise up have an event do something go out with a group of women meet new people talk to new women do whatever you can to increase the unity and fellowship because i do believe unity and fellowship amongst women is lacking especially and in every church make some friends and unite with other women and build each other up and make each other stronger do not let structure stop you from that if it doesn't start now it's not going to start then like um i just give you a personal example actually in my old church when i first first when i initially when i was um there there was no the the millennial pastor was not married he was single so we had a millennial church but there was no millennial women's ministry so um there was the main church and there was a women's ministry but it was all the mamas and the papas and at that time i was literally like 15 16 maybe and there was no way i was gonna sit with mamas and papas like church was not even interesting to me at that time so you're not gonna get me sitting with the mom if was um so um he was single okay he was dating but like he was single he wasn't married yet so there was no millennial women's ministry and then he got married and um his wife came and the millennial women's ministry was birthed but because many women did not relate before the millennial women's ministry was birthed and they didn't build unity and fellowship even when the millennial women ministry was birthed we didn't we weren't able to still connect or relate. It's like the thing that we were asking for the whole time. We would constantly be going to the pastor. We need a women's ministry. We need a women's ministry. We were begging and asking for a women's ministry. The thing that we wanted so badly, we got. But even when we got it, we weren't able to utilize it or it wasn't fruitful for us because we had failed to build the foundation we could not relate with each other as women anyway so we would go to the events that the women that the, our new um 
our new female pastor would throw and we will be blessed individually and sure the speaking portion was great it was lit but then after when it was fellowship time everybody would just go home because nobody knew each other so we weren't even able to be as benefit it wasn't even as beneficial as fruitful as it could have been and as it could have been because we failed to build that foundation a lot of people think that the women's ministry is the missing link for building unity and fellowship within a church that is not the link you need to do the work you need to go out and make friends with women and i believe that if you do that and you build the fellowship once that comes to be or once it is presented or once it is revamped, whatever the situation is, it will be stronger and more fruitful for you. The ministry, the Bible says, do not forget the gathering of the assembly. The gathering of the, the gathering of the assembly is not just coming together. It's coming together and communing together. Again, early church, Acts 2 and Acts 4. I posted it on my Insta story some time ago. And I was so blown away because this weekend at my church, we had a Holy Spirit conference and then the speaker used the same scriptures that I posted. And I was like, yes, I knew I wasn't crazy. Thank you, Jesus. Anyways, the early church, they communed together in everything. They they shared everything that they had. Nothing was one person. They brought all, they pooled all their stuff together and shared it. Now, obviously in today's modern society, maybe we cannot do things like that, but the same fellowship and the communion that they have is what we should be striving for. There should not be beef within the church. There should not be cliques within the church. There should not be I'm not with this person I'm not with this person I'm working on myself because you know that your girl's stush and she lives like a comrade it's okay we're gonna change it God can do it amen but it is important for that fellowship to be built so don't think that the lack of the women's ministry and I'm really spending time on this because I actually received a direct question the lack of the women's ministry is not the problem there's the lack of fellowship and unity so work on that foundation now even if the women's ministry is not manifesting work on that now sow seeds into unity sow seeds into fellowship sow seeds into reconciliation if that's the situation if there's people that you don't talk to for no reason or even for reasons that are stupid and that are not in line with saving souls go into reconciliation build the foundation build the unity build the fellowship now so that when the women's ministry or millennial women's ministry does manifest you can receive and it'll be more fruitful to you because i have firsthand experience of how it cannot be when um you fail to miss that step so i hope that helps um bring more clarity to that and ultimately at the end of the day talk to your pastor if he's a man i know some people if he's a man and he doesn't understand talk to a female within the church there must be someone that you can talk to but um yeah talk to your pastor let express your concerns and let them give you the wisdom because at the end of the day they have the vision i don't have the vision i can just give you my opinion my perspective and what i read from the bible or my personal experience but they have the vision so if the person with the vision is missing a part of the vision ask them as if you're if you're running with the vision the bible says what the vision down make it clear so the people will run, will run with it so it's the visionaries responsibility to make the vision clear so that people understand it and run it run with it and fulfill it if you don't understand the vision ask questions you can't run with it until you understand and that's when you have your service turning into work and you have resentment towards your pastor and resentment towards the ministry because you don't understand why you're doing what you're doing no you're supposed to understand ask questions there's nothing wrong with asking questions and when you're asking questions don't ask people close to the visionaire don't ask people that seem close to the visionaire don't ask people that work for the visionaire ask the visionaire because they carry the vision okay like that's the most thing i want to 
if you didn't hear nothing in this whole episode, please ask the visionaire. Don't ask people close to them. People will give you their opinions and their 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 mind and no, ask the visionaire himself. He carries the vision or herself. They carry the vision. They're the ones that will give you the correct answer. Skip the middleman. Drops mic. I'm not dropping my mic. This is my baby. <laughs> but yeah, um, that's what I think is the um, most important and best thing that I can say in relation to women's ministry and serving and gender roles within the church. I think those are the most important and that's what I got for y'all. So I hope you enjoyed this fourth episode on gender roles. I hope you learned something as usual. Send your questions if something was unclear or you need more clarification. Feel free to message me at any one of my social media links that will be in the description box. You can also email me. I will add that as well. So, um, yeah, that's what we're going to try to do. But yeah, send in your questions. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it brought clarity to you about some of the gender roles. Final thoughts are please do not allow gender roles to stop you from gifting and edifying your church. Lady, go play them drums. I'm going to join you too. Nah, it's okay. I'm on to piano now. <laughs> I just wasn't good. It's not the gender roles. I just wasn't good. I'm on to piano now. Um, as for the call, remember a pastor has one church no matter what. If God is in it, if it is his perfect will, there is no way that he will let your call be diminished or that your gifts be diminished in your union with a man. So that already is an indicator, ding, of <laughs> if he's for you or not. There's no way. God is perfect. He loves us. He loves us. I think some people forget that God loves us. He loves us, okay? He wants us to He wants us to live good. He wants us to be happy. He's not going to let your call be ruined or diminished or whatever the word is i can't think about it i'm sick allow me <laughs> because of your union so it's fine just be able to understand who has the call no competition should arise at the end of the day we're here for souls why are we here souls what's the reason souls why do we do this souls what does god want souls 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 think souls women's ministries understand that fellowship and unity is the foundation. It cannot be solved by a ministry. It cannot be solved by the emergence of a female leader. So seeds into those from the bottom and the top will eventually manifest. At the end of the day, why are we here? Souls. Everything that we do is souls. So don't let gender roles stop you from fulfilling the great mission, which is souls. Rule number one to minding your business is understanding thinking souls. What are the two questions that get you there? Does this save souls? Will God ask me about this? And number three, is it linked to my purpose? If the answer is no to any of these questions, face your front. Souls, souls, souls. It's a soul thing. Sassy and safe, baby. Thank mm-hmm. you.